Well, episode 403 of the Doctor of the Day, Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my Ginger. Hello. And we're going to talk about episode 2 of The Horns of Nymon. <laughs> yes, the Doctor is with K9, and he's talking about how bad the situation is, and how stuck they are. It's like, well, you've been a good dog best dog and pins a little ribbon on him and then he says well I guess they're going to find out what it's like to be a cricket ball he says wait did I say cricket ball and it seems like he's got an idea of how to get out of it the uh, co-pilot is uh, excited because he's found the beacon he's back on course to take them to Skonos um, Romana says no we have to go back for the doctor and she tries to reset the controls and the co-pilot takes out his pistol and gets her to go back to the cargo hold. So the doctor says, ready K-9, and he, he's uh, set the control, and we see from outer space that the doctor has set the TARDIS spinning, so as they, within seconds of going to hit the planet, they spin and glance off the surface of the planet and get hit and thrown off into space. Says, oh, he should have been a what's it called? A bowler. Yeah. Or a yeah. cricket bowler. He instead of going through the universe saving planets from destruction, he should he should uh, pursue a a future in cricket, apparently. So the the Naimon um remind Soldeed of their contract and Soldeed cowers to Lord Naimon, um and he says that, or Naimon says, well, you need to get another ship from um, NF then. And Soldeed says that um, he, they could attack them and get them to give them more tribute if Naimon would only give them some of the technological powers that he's promised them. And he says, no, you will be paid in full when I get the last of my contract paid in full. So Soldeed returns from the complex and talks to Sorak and tells him of what the Naimon says and how the Naimon is threatened. Sorak will pay the price if a ship is not found or if they do not attack Aneth and get another ship full of tributes, full of sacrifice. Ramana talks to the uh, the cargo the <laughs> and tries to rally them and says we can take over the co-pilot it's only one man we can, and I can fly the ship we can get out of here they said no we, we can't we, their home their planet would be destroyed if their contract is not fulfilled with Skonos with the Naimon and uh, um, Tika is a girl and she explains this and she says but Seth has a plan to destroy the Naimon, and then we planned it. We will return triumphant to Aneth, and this will all be over. Uh, meanwhile, Seth does not look all that uh, that brave or happy about this. Sorak comes back to tell the uh, tell Soldade that the ship has been found, and they will arrive in two hours. Romana says, well, I'm getting out of here, and tries to open the door and realizes, oh, her sonic screwdrivers must have left it behind. 
Seth says, oh, is there a problem? So she says, and he sits with her and talks and tells her how this soul deed was the chief technician on Skonos, and he built this power complex. And then there was a, a civil war between them, between them and uh, Aneth, I think is what he said. And uh, Soldid made this power complex for the Naimon, and then the Naimon came, and they had this contract and promises made and tributes to be made. Seth says that um, he came up with this plan and you know gave it, brought it to the king, thinking he'd never go for it. And he's not really a prince, but he's, the king liked his idea, and they put it in place, and so now he has to carry it out, and he's really afraid. Um, but don't tell Atika, his friend, and um, she thinks he's brave for doing this. And Romana promises, and cross my heart, she says, both of them. And the co-pilot comes and interrupts and says that he needs Romana to help land the ship. He takes her off. Doctor is trying now to recover after spinning the TARDIS, um, hooking up some more wires and cables, and there's more flash and smoke as he's working. So the tribute have been brought to Sorak um, and Soldeed uh, into the great room uh, by the co-pilot, and Romana is present. Soldeed says, but there are not the full amount of crystals. There are two missing. What what happened with that? Romana says, I can answer that. She walks up to address Soldeed very, you know, proudly as the time lady that she is and says that, and tries to complain about the co-pilot who has left the doctor behind and he, you know, maxed out his ship. But Soldeed thinks her insolent and doesn't want her to hear another word from her. Co-pilot steps up and says that she and the other, the doctor, were pirates who took over their ship, killed the pilot, and then he apprehended her himself. The other got away, and that um, he had used the crystals so that uh, he could get back to on course and get there, uh, back to Soldi. Romana objects and calls him a liar. Um, Soldi then also doesn't by his explanation as he asked him a technical question about how he used the crystals and he, he blunders through an, an explanation but Soldi doesn't agree and he says that he is a liar and he will be um, punished and he sends the co-pilot into the complex um, to be sacrificed as well to the Naimon. So the co-pilot has to go through the electric doorway into the complex. So the doctor has repaired what he needed to and has made it uh, looks like Tuscanos, I think he says, so he can reclaim the parts of his ship and site K9 reminds him and to get Romana. So Soldeid is addressing like the assembled leaders or statesmen or something of, of uh, Skonos and he's rallying them and saying that uh, you know, promises of their victory now that the last tribute has arrived they'll get their, regain their power and they 
they will be triumphant. And yeah, yeah. The co-pilot is wandering in the halls um, of the complex. The um, Romana and the Tribute have been sent in as well, and they are wandering through. And Seth says, all these corridors look the same. And how will we find the Naimon? And someone says, well, if we can't find the Naimon, don't worry, he'll find us. Um, the doctor heads the TARDIS for the complex. This is K-9 uh, Warren said it looks like a highly industrial area or he senses the, the power, I think, in the complex. And so the doctor says, well, we'll have to land somewhere unobtrusive then. So he materializes and gets out of the TARDIS and is in the great room and then turns out to be surrounded by Skonos guards and he says why the in all the universe why do I always there are always people like you with guns blasters lasers something pointed at me so he puts his hands up and says take me to your leader and two of them take him off so Romana and the tribute have found their way into a, a anteroom that has a, a table that shows a one of their own that has been processed and there's a figure that is all dried up like ash um, forming the body in this yellow suit that they all wear so they um, Tika I think realizes that oh we're the tribute too not just the crystals that we're bringing um, and she goes to touch the head and it crumbles into the dust that it is and to no form. The doctor is brought to Soldeed um, and knows him, which we were not quite sure how he did unless the, I think the co-pilot mentioned Soldeed. So he's brought to him and he says, you must be Soldeed. And Soldeed is in like his office, a very or, like ornate symbol on the wall, and a lot of machinery and techno parts around him. And on his, his desk, he's got this machine he's working on. And the doctor is drawn to this machine and says, oh, a neutrino converter. Oh, and he says, do you know of them? And says, oh, I've seen one or two. He says, well, how could you? I invented this. He says, well, you should know how, you don't know how they work then. Did you know that somebody's digging a black hole right on your doorstep? And tells how he was stuck in it. And uh, it was lucky that he was stuck in it too because uh, he was able to help out the tribute ship. And he tells how he helped with his friend Ramana. He says, you know, do you have any, do you know anything about that? No, I have no idea. And then Sorak comes in and says that he has searched the cargo ship and comes in, we found this device, and the doctor recognizes it as his dematerialization, or the tip, his Davidic anomalizer, and he grabs it and says, no idea, huh? This is mine. This is from my ship. This is proof. And so, Soldi says, um, you know, he doesn't have to explain himself. He, he takes his staff, and um, the doctor runs off. They chase him. Uh, Soldade and Sorak come find, catch up with them and Doctor standing in front of the doorway to the complex and Soldade 
takes a staff and points it. Says, by the power of the great gone on empire or whatever, and the doorway is activated. The doctor is forced into, walked into, I think walks, he just in, walks into it. Walks into the complex, and Thorax says, well, he's gone in there. So Solvi says, that is how it, how it should be. The doctor is now in the complex, and we see again some of the there is like a um, cream and black uh, triangle pattern on the panels of the walls um, of all the hallways, and he immediately starts um, putting star stickers on some of the panels as he makes his way around, and then. He goes around the corner, puts sticker, comes back and looks, and the panels have all changed from where he was before, and the stickers are gone. Um, he comes back to the other ones, and they're also changed as well. Um, so they keep disappearing on him, and he sees how the, their halls are changing. So Romana and the Tribute um, have found their way into a large room with rows and rows of um, like plastic uh, bays that hold some of their um, their own people, their Aneth people. Um, and Romana says they must be like in some type of a suspended animation in these little cells. And they look around and say, well, they probably takes their life force and this is like his, his larder. They're all kind of awaiting this fate. Um, he says, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get out of here. And so she goes to walk off and the co-pilot has, has found them and he, he rounds them up and he says, he calls to the Naimon and says, the tributes to sacrifices are here. Come Naimon. And then the Naimon does. And he cowers before it and tries to explain that here's your tributes. And the Naiman says, I do not need anyone to bring me tributes. Sylvie didn't bring, send you in here to do that. I, you know, I find them myself. I lead them, you know, to me, essentially. And uh, so he doesn't believe his co-pilot. The co-pilot is wavering and cowering in front of him. And Naiman calls him a liar. And uh, says, you were sent in here to be executed. And he lowers his horns, which are yellow in color, and they glow, and a laser blast hits the co-pilot, and he's, he's killed. And then the Naimon turns to the group of Romana and the tributes, and then we end. It's not often I root for the bad guy, but killing the co-pilot high up there on my wish list for the episode. <laughs> you you root for the Naimon to kill him? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So. No more weakling scum. <laughs> <clears throat> so, very quick movie episode. In mm -hmm. fact, I had to have you pause while I was note-taking because it's like, okay, and I keep it up pretty well. <laughs> Too much to, to relate. Um, very, you know, it, it moves along really well, and it's a, a good story. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about the doctor's way of getting out of being hit by the planet? 
There's a cricket ball. Spinning TARDIS. It's alright, I guess. It works as well as anything else. Yeah, I don't know what else they were going to do. It was all the crap leading up to it that bothered me. Oh, yeah. Once again, it's just too much slapstick. Yeah. Given the little, what was it, say, best in show, was it? On pin, yeah. the little ribbon on K9 hung it on him, I guess, because he's metal. Um, yeah, that. And yes, it's silly sometimes that the way they have K9 talk to him. Because it's like, he says, what, what's the ETA of the, of the, of the planet? He's master, like he doesn't understand. Yeah. That's a technical abbreviation, acronym. Estimated time of arrival. Why would the computer dog not know that? And yet he knows everything about every other planet that they've encountered. Yeah. Like, why do you not understand the question? He does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand him not knowing when... Doctor mixes his metaphors earlier when he says it's up to up a gum tree without a paddle. Okay, that is something the computerized brain of K nine should not understand. So it's right that he question it. Yeah. He shouldn't question what ETA means. You know, I don't know. So that kind of thing bugs me. And then yeah, the whole saying goodbye. Well, you've been a good dog thing. It was a difficult start to the to the story, I have to say, but then it picks up from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once they get back into the actual story of you know the nine mod and stuff, um, and then Ramona really has a big part. Well, she did in the last story too, last segment too. But she's almost got know. more of a role than the doctor. Yeah, she does. So she, far, she's really um, moving things along and trying to help the situation um, more so than the doctor, who's kind of who's, who's working on his comedy act in the TARDIS. Stuck on the TARDIS, yeah, with K nine, the sidekick, um, his straight man. His straight man. Yeah. Uh, she's trying to to get the. The young people to, uh, we could take over the ship. You know, we can get out of here. And they, have, uh, some of them resign themselves to the fa- to their fate. Cause they know that their their home world is in jeopardy. But then, oh, there's this plan which we don't really know much about yet. That um, they say they they're going to be sac- taking themselves as tribute. But Seth has this plan. He's going to destroy the Naaman, and they're gonna, then they're going to save their planet. Um, and then Ramana hearing more of the story of who was what and what happened, and we we learn um, for more of a for certain of what how Soldi made this power complex, which is really the labyrinth that he's made for the Naaman. Um, I don't think that at the end of the last one where it was not particularly clear that that's what the labyrinth was because we were talking about it after we, we uh-huh. ended that you know we wonder how they're going to have the labyrinth in this one and I remembered and then we I mentioned how I had related that Soldied 
go through the hallway after hallway to get to the Naimon. And that may prove that I bet that's going to be the labyrinth. And it is. It's, he built it and he... Um, Seth relates a story how being the, the high technician of, of Skanos, he made this this complex and um, they say something about that um, Soldito is the only one who have ever made it at, back out of the complex. And that's what I knew. Oh, that's the labyrinth. Yeah. You know. Uh, but it, it's really a, an interesting human story too how Seth says that, you know, I'm not really a prince and I'm not really all that brave and there was this plan and I wasn't sure that the plan would even be accepted and now here I am, I'm trying, I have to do it. Um, and how he confesses this to Romana, it's it's kind of a, a nice little moment. A little slow, but it's okay, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then she has to go help with the ship and then they get, they arrive and... Um, then there's a whole, she has the whole big scene with Soldeed where she's saying, well, let me talk to you about your guy here, your co-pilot, and did all this stuff, and then the co-pilot tries to, again, lie his way um, out of this sticky situation. Uh, again, uh, you hoping that he's not, he's not going to be taken at his word, and he's not, for kind of a different reason. Um, Soldeed doesn't believe all of what he says, but he doesn't believe. I, I can t- he can tell he doesn't believe everything Romana said, but he doesn't also he also doesn't believe the co-pilot. So yeah, and he he doesn't believe that uh, the co-pilot fixed his own ship. He knows. I think he pretty much knows that Romana and whoever else this doctor is has done it. And because uh, the co-pilot doesn't even know how to say the crystal name correctly, yeah, much like me, <laughs> the hemetrocyte. He he can hardly say it correctly, um, and so he is sure that he did not use it for fuel, and sends him into the complex to die. Again, is that anything like being sent into the cornfield? I think so. <laughs> and then I guess we have a little more of the slapstick aspect where oh, better land somewhere unob- unobtrusive. Yeah. Because that never works. Hardly ever works well if he means to. Yeah. You know. uh, it did kind of make me laugh when she's at all the universe, everywhere I land, there are people like you with guns and blasters and rigs yeah. <laughs> and lasers pointed at me. Hi. <laughs> Again, he's considering his uh, future in cricket, I guess. I think it was... I guess it's a little poignant when Tika thinks, this, oh, where's the tribute to? It's like, why did that not escape you? Why did that escape you? Because yeah, did they really need an escort for the crystals? Crystals. Yeah, and why did you all come if you only bring five crystals and there are more of you than that, or three crystals and there are more of you than that? You're supposed to have five, I think, and they had only three. Yeah, but still, you know, they had to just drive that point home that uh, yeah, they're, that they're in that. That's the type of danger they're in. So, you know, 
For those of you who didn't know that. I think it was very it was very doctorish to have the him come see Soul Deed and be immediately drawn to the um, device that he's working on instead of his own, you know, conf confrontation with Soul Deed. It's like, oh, what is this? This is a, this type of you know, thing, device. And um, then to turn that into, you know, this black hole situation and that I was there and I helped your ship out and I'm looking for my friend and uh, the chase that ensues in, in that. That was fairly interesting. A little. Feel like you're having the doctor back from his comedy routine, you know? Yeah, when he's away from canine, I think he's much better. Yeah. So, really, a good episode, I think. Did you have something else to... Well, we had a few odd things happen with the costuming. <laughs> well, I, at least one odd thing. Mm. Poor co-pilot <laughs> split his pants. <laughs> you can really see it when he falls down after being killed by the Nymon. Or oh. hit, I guess, by the Nymon. We don't know whether he's dead or not. Also, can I say I'm really tired of the trope of if I hide down this hallway, no one can see me. <laughs> because the co-pilot runs down a side hallway because he hears what turns out to be Romana and the... Ather what are they? Know, the Athenians. Let's just call them Athenians. The Athenians, when they come through. And one of the Athenians looks down the hall right at him. But uh, they yeah. don't see him. Yeah. That trope really annoys me. Yeah, that. And then the hallways themselves. Um, I was laughing as I was writing it down when they, um, when the the tribute and tributes and Ramana are wandering in the in the labyrinth. Let's just call it that now, since mm -hmm. we know that's what it is. They say, um, "Oh, that they." Uh, The walls are, the, all, the hallways look the same. Yes, yeah. all these hallways look the same. And the information track said, Seth is right. They are all the same. <laughs> because they're made of all these panels that they can move around and reassemble. and um, Which is fine, you know. If it, hallway panels are, should look all the same because it's the same hallway. So if they just put, if they put them in different configurations, that works well, works well. Mm -hmm. if there's something in there that lets you know that it's the exact same set, exact same scene, just rerun, that's bad. But if they're going to reassemble something and make it look a little different, then, you know, uh, that's just economy of um, memes and it, that's doing a good thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Reuse of the same scene exactly is not such a good thing. Um, but yeah, that made me laugh. They're all the same. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Literally, they are. Outside of that, I didn't really have anything else. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, then it was nice that, that it's like there was. Well, the doctor does have like you know twenty pockets in his coat, so he could have a sticker pocket. Oh yeah, that that sort of thing doesn't bother me. No, it's because we've, it's well established that even from well at least from the second doctor, if not the first, that he's got. Uh, he carries a lot. Of he stuff. carries a lot of odd stuff in his pockets, you know. Maybe he was the inspiration for the Scotty Vest people. <laughs> to have all these pockets where you can carry all these little different things. Um, so it's not, it wasn't surprising that he had um, stickers for just such an occasion um, mm-hmm. to try to mark the panels because he's got an inclination that he needs to be able to find his way, you know. Um, well, the writers have made it easy for him by basically putting the whole story in the Minotaur legend. Yeah. So he knows what he has to do. Yeah. But I thought it was a, a, a good continuation of our story so far. If we could just leave Canine and the TARDIS for the next two. Yeah. That'd be that would be great. Those are really only the the, the real weak spots for me. So, um, anything else? I don't think so. Cliffhanger. Yeah, the uh, now the Nyman has killed the the weakling scum of the co-pilot. He's really describing himself, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and uh, turning to his tributes and Romana. Um. It's a fine way to end because you knew they were gonna have to have a confrontation and find the Nymon, or them, or him find them anyway. So, I think it is a, a, a fitting place to end. We don't think Roman is gonna die or anything. No, no. But we do um, have a sense that they're they are in danger. They were in danger when they entered the the labyrinth, but now they have met the monster. Mm-hmm. So what's gonna happen next? is a fine place to stop for the week episode and then to pick up and find out how we continue. Yeah, no, I think it's a fine place to end. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a better one. You know, that's what they were going to find in the labyrinth anyway, so might as well stop there. Yep. I think it's good. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything else? No. All right. We'll see how Romana gets out of this tomorrow when we talk about episode three of The Horns of Naimon. So I hope you join us then, and thank you for listening. <laughs>